This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Power ISA, the largest and most trusted inside sales for real estate company in North America. Whether it's outbound prospecting for sellers or converting more of your buyer leads into appointments, you can rely on Power ISA to help you get the job done. Learn more about how they can help you at PowerISA.com. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show as usual. And uh, in a moment, we're going to be speaking with Gus Munoz from Power ISA. It's a very interesting conversation that I we had with Gus um, about setting appointments. Uh, his company schedules actually over um, a, a hundred appointments a day for agents, which is super cool. So we're going to be speaking with him about how that works. Uh, also, I want to remind everyone, and I haven't reminded uh, our listeners of this in, in quite a while, which is to say that please send us your suggestions or your questions or maybe your challenges, right? That's what we always find most interesting is where are you getting stuck right now as a realtor? Where are you struggling? Is it you know, multiple offer situations for your buyers that are getting outbid by incredible amounts of money? Is it prospecting? Is it negotiating? Is it getting listings? Is it systematizing your business? Is really anything where you're struggling with, let us know and we will create content and we will seek out experts for those particular issues. And that just helps us give you more of what you want and need. So the best way to do that, there's a couple of ways. You can visit our website, uh, which is keepingitrealpod.com. We have a contact form there. Also, you can find us on Facebook and send us a message. We're facebook.com forward slash keepingitrealpod. And, um, or you can just send us an email. You can send us an email to Zana, who is Z-A-N-A, uh, at keepingitrealpodcast.info. So Zana at keepingitrealpodcast.info. So also, just please remember to keep telling a friend about the show. Think of any other real estate professionals that could benefit from hearing from top producers and send them a link to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com or have them pull up uh, a podcast app and subscribe to Keeping It Real. So thank you so much for continuing to listen and support our show. And now on to our interview with Gus Munoz. Today on the show, we have Gus Muniz Castro from PowerISA.com. Now, originally from Mexico, Gus is a former Microsoft senior engineer turned real estate agent turned inside sales guru. He runs one of the largest inside sales teams for real estate in North America. His company is called PowerISA, and that's PowerISA.com. And there's 100 agents strong making, and this is incredible, about 50,000 outbound dials a day to buyers and sellers and setting about 100 appointments with buyers and sellers every single day. So 50,000 dials, 100 appointments, mostly from Facebook leads in real estate. And Gus runs a seven-figure-a-year business and has over 600 active clients. He is very passionate about helping business owners become successful through online marketing and lead follow-up and conversion. Uh, please visit PowerISA.com. And for our listeners and viewers, we have a special promo. So if you go to PowerISA.com forward slash keeping it real, there's a special promo going on 
on just for our podcast audience. So Gus, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, DJ, how's it going? Glad to be here. I am really excited to talk to you because before I became basically a real estate or realtor recruiter, which is what I've been doing for the last 10 years, uh, I worked in the uh, in the lead space and, and I worked in a, in a different industry. It was for, for health insurance, but we were producing leads and, um, and selling them to uh, call centers is what they called it at the time um, because it wasn't real estate related. But I am so excited to talk to you because you're a tech guy and, uh, and, and I appreciate um, you know bringing tech into real estate in a way that's effective. But tell, I'd love to hear your story about how you came to, to work you know, as uh, having an ISA company. Can you start us all the way at the beginning of your real estate career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, I'm an engineer by training. I was born and raised in Mexico on the border with the U.S. So even that's kind of I have like a California accent, uh, you know, uh, born and raised in Mexico. But I was always, you know, close to the U.S., had a lot of family in the U.S. All the TV I watched as a kid was in the U.S. So I was always immersed in the culture. I right? like, hey, you know, this is this, America's awesome. Let's just check it out. Let's be close to it. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a unique upbringing. Well, not unique for that area because the border area is kind of it's kind of weird in, on both sides of the border because it's so mixed, right? The two cultures are so mixed. Sure. I'm a product of that, right? So um, I, I went to school for engineering because that was the thing to do to really, you know, it was the late 90s when I went to college and the internet boom was in full swing. So I went to school. I got recruited by Microsoft in Mexico, in country. Nice. Um, and they flew me out to Seattle. This was the early 2000s. And for, in case folks don't remember uh, <laughs> what, what that was like back then, Microsoft was the only show in town with regards to technology. The Windows Mobile, the browsers, the consoles, like everything was my productivity. Obviously, Windows and Office, it was like, it was, it was the be all end all of technology. All and, and, and after the. Everything. And after the dot-com crash, they were one of the few, you know, big behemoths. Obviously, they weren't really part of that bubble. So they were still standing and stronger than ever. Like nothing happened. And then all the right. four Microsofties coming back, right? They had gone off to start their startups. It didn't work. Everyone was coming back to the mothership, right? So it was kind of a crazy uh, time. Uh, and, and, and I got to, you know, kind of see a transition of the whole industry. I saw that from Microsoft be number one in every single area imaginable to app, the emergence of Apple, the emergence of Google, the emergence of Facebook, Amazon, all of, and, and more of a diverse ecosystem, right? So all of these things were happening. Transformation was the name of the game. Well, I also transformed during that time, right? Because I went in as an engineer. It was the dream job. It was amazing until I kind of realized it wasn't my dream, right? hundred mm -hmm. percent. It wasn't exactly, sure. it wasn't aligned, you know, put it in, you know, in, 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 in uh, different terms, it wasn't aligned with my purpose. And once you kind of figure that out, it's a tough uh, idea to get out of your head, right? This is not exactly what I'm meant to be doing. The way I discovered that was by all my hobbies and side gigs and side hustles that I had. I was looking for those kinds of opportunities. My wife got licensed in 2008 as the world was ending. I guess people don't remember that. That was a long mm -hmm. time ago. It was not a seller's market forever, guys. No. Not, uh, you know, so so yeah, that happened, and she became licensed, and she became the rookie of the year wow. in a way by selling like nine deals. By the way, it was it was not that hard back. You know, it was it was hard to get deals. You know, as, as the world was ending, um, and then she kind of she kind of pulled me into it. I helped her nights and weekends. I had a lot of fun with it. I realized I was really good with people. You know, I kind of always kind of knew that, but in the engineering space, it's not a, a, an enormously important trait. It's not really, sure. right? It's more about the technology and the work. Um, and if you're a good people person, I became a manager there, right? I'm a more of a people person. I can, I can build teams. I can train folks. So I became a manager at Microsoft, slowly climbing the corporate ladder there. 
um, until I realized, man, I'm having much more fun helping my wife nights and weekends than I'm doing this, right? So there came a point in my life when I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to jump, go all in into real estate. And the excuse was I'm going to help my wife build her team. I'm going to organize her team, build it up, give myself six months of runway, and then I'm going to come back into high tech. I'm going to take a little hiatus, a sabbatical. Let's see what happens, right? And, and then if I would either go back to Microsoft or some other company. I was in Seattle. I could go to Amazon and, and Zillow. It was all these other different companies I could go, I could join. Let's see what happens if I go on, on my own. And that happened in the summer of 2013, and I haven't looked back since then, right? So ran the real estate team. Uh, I started this company, Power ISA, which kind of consumed everything I've done um, in 2015. And, and now, now, where I have 100 full-time employees working for the company, another 20 people training, getting ready to join the company on top of that, um, and servicing you know, a bunch of people in the U.S. and Canada, hundreds of clients all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And I know that there's probably a lot of listeners or viewers right now who go, I know I've heard the term ISA, but maybe, uh, maybe, you know, I'm an individual practitioner. I don't really know what that is. I'm not on a team that has an ISA or, you know, I'm just not really all that familiar. I'm new to the industry and, and I'm not familiar. Can you just, we just define what ISA is? Yeah, I use the term as inside sales agent, inside sales agent. And, and some folks, you know, refer to it a little bit differently. That's the term that I like and know and, and love, inside sales agent. And that refers to someone on a team, a member of a team that is on the phone and converting, lead generating on the phone, right? They're doing outbound calls. They're, doing, they're handling inbound leads. They're having conversations with them either to generate it as a brand new lead or went from cold, cold list to brand new lead or an already identified warm opportunity, convert them into an appointment, convert them into a live transfer. That's that's essentially what the role does. And and tell us a little bit what, about what Power ISA does specifically for you know agents who sign up with you. Yeah, so we, we help folks and we staff that role for real estate teams, for loan officers, for real estate investors all over the U.S. and Canada. If they're in, in, in their company, if they're at the level where they need a full-time person or a part-time person to do this role, we help staff that role and provide and manage that person for them. If they're a little bit earlier in their journey, we actually have a pay-per-lead service they can do. If they're only generating maybe 50 to 100 leads a month, then they can actually send us a smaller amount of leads and pay-per-lead basis, and we'll follow up, call them, and convert them for them. Okay. So will you do lead generation or just lead conversion or both? We, we just do the lead conversion part. We're really, really specialized. We, the, the, the lead generation happens, either the agent is doing it on their own or they're paying a marketing agency to do it or they're buying them from a portal like Zillow, like Realtor.com, like sure. all these different kinds of online lead providers. They're doing the, the lead generation. Our team specifically focuses on the conversion aspect for, for those inbound leads. On the outbound aspect of it, I mean, this kind of goes down to like definitions, but our ISAs call, do outbound calling, cold calling on these lists. So in a sense, they are lead generating, uh, but they're doing it from truly cold lists, like cold, uncalled, un unnurtured, untouched prospects. That's amazing. So, so if I'm an agent and I'm looking for somebody to, you know, look, agents have to spend so much time, as you know, uh, with you and your wife's uh, agency. Um, just doing every part of the business. You have to do lead generation. You have to do lead conversion. You have to service your existing clients. Of course, you're going out and doing showings and, and open houses. And then of course, all the paperwork and you know everything from, from list to close or from, or from offer to close. Um, and there just isn't always a lot of time to nurture leads and to convert them into appointments. And that, that's where you guys come in. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I have empathy with that, right? I totally understand it. But I'm going to tell you a funny story, how I started the company power. Sure. And I think it's going to go to kind of address the, that, that, that thought, right? Um, I was, you know, running the team. I think we were four people at the time doing about 10 million a year, about 30 transactions in my marketplace at the time. It was a suburb of Seattle. And I had an ISA, I had my first ISA, but I'm in house. Um, you know, and I thought, wow, this is really, and I think uh, he was able to do what, while he was trained up, was able to set about 22 different listing appointments, attended listing appointments for me um, wow. in, in a month. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. Amazing. This is, this is interesting. This is okay. This, this has, this, this can work. Right. Um, and I said, I bet I could have a, a build a team like this from, from folks like this in back in my hometown in Mexico. I bet I could do it. And I bet that would be worth the trouble to do. That was my big idea. That was my big bet. And people, by that point, people knew that I was doing this. They kind of, word spreads fast, right? It was in my market center. There was hundreds of people there. And then people found out about this, right? Pretty quickly. And I, and I always loved doing, you know, as you can tell, I love talking. So you can, you can I, I would do a class. I would always tell people what I was up to, right? So after one of these classes, I said, hey, I, I discovered this model. At the time, you know, I went to a, a Keller Williams conference. Uh, and I, I learned about it. I took class. I took, you know, I, I went and visited some of these super high performing teams that had implemented the inside sales agent model at the highest level. And, and I went back and I implemented it. And people were like, wow, tell us how that went. And I told them about it. And I said, hey, my next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to build a team in Mexico. And I'm going to see if I can replicate that kind of a model uh, uh, for, for Mexico-based ISAs. And, you know, DJ, immediately... Three other, it ended up being four, but immediately three other people signed up with me. They said, hey, Gus, if you're going to do that, then here's some money. And can you do that for me too? I mean, you're sure. already going to set everything up. I mean, you just need one more person and let's get them on there. And then, you know, and, and then eventually a fourth person called me and they said, hey, you haven't been returning my calls. You haven't been returning my emails. I need you to sign me up for this thing you're doing. I want in, right? So DJ, it was a thing about, you know, with sales, you know, with real estate, especially, we're always chasing the client, right? We're always trying to get their attention. We're trying to get in front of them and show them what we can do for them and show our value, et cetera. This was the first time people were calling me, right? They were trying to get in on what I was doing. And that was very eye-opening for me as a business owner, just as a business. I said, okay, this, there's a need here. There is an, uh, an unmet need. And, and this last month, we're recording this, you know, in, in the, at the beginning of the month, last month, I should have launched 14 new campaigns. I only launched 10 because I didn't have enough people to launch 14 with, even with a hundred person team, even with everything I have, I still cannot meet the need of the marketplace. I'm not even close to meeting the need of the marketplace for this role, but it's a very important and impactful role because of what you said a minute ago. It is hard for agents in this day and age to do all of those roles. So as soon as they can, you, and for the folks that, you know, know how to build a team, you've got to add leverage in that administrative role. You've got to add leverage uh, in some part of the lead generation and lead conversion role. This is what we do. We help people add that leverage, whether that's converting more of the leads you're already getting, getting a bigger ROI on those leads you're already getting, or helping you generate new leads by doing outbound prospects. Yeah. And I, you know, I wanted just to tell our audience a quick story from, from my background that I, I think Gus will, will appreciate and hopefully the listeners will appreciate. So I worked at a, an IT firm that was generating health insurance leads. And so we were, we had web properties, websites that were, um, you know, 
poised to attract people who needed to purchase their own individual health insurance. And at the the height of the, uh, when I was there, uh, we were generating about 15,000 leads a day. And then we would sell them to insurance agents. And then we would have to train those agents on how to convert those leads. Because of course, if they didn't convert them, they're not going to buy more leads from us. So it was in our best interest to convert. And we had a few thousand uh, agents across the country buying them. So one of my roles was to, uh, to educate the agents about how to actually convert these leads, even though I'd never sold an insurance policy in my life. But what, what I did have was access to all this data. And, and Gus has incredible data for, for all of the uh, amount of phone calls and conversions his team runs. Well, what we found with health insurance leads, and this is you know more than 10 years ago, and maybe it's changed since then, but we found out that we were always interested in why does a health insurance agent buy some leads from us? They don't have the success that, that they want. In other words, they're not converting these people. And, and with health insurance, you can do it all over the phone. You don't have to meet in person. It's nice and easy. It should be a really clean transaction. Um, you, you know, just uncomplicated. However, we found that we had a, a huge recidivism rate where people were just dropping off and not repurchasing leads. And we're like, well, we know all of these other people are having success. What's going on? Well, we did all this data and we started surveying the customer, the people who wanted to buy health insurance. And we said, Hey, you know, did you buy health insurance? Oh yeah, I bought it. Hey, we sold, you know, we gave your information to so-and-so they call you. Yeah, they called me, but they stopped calling me after we found the average person uh, to buy health insurance. It took them like 11 to 13 days. I can't remember the exact number, but it was, it was a while. And the average person we sold the lead to the health insurance agent, they stopped calling. They gave up after about day three or day four, because well, they're busy or they just, you know, didn't want to keep calling or they didn't have a system in place to, to continue that, to nurture that lead. And all of a sudden they would just go, well, the leads don't work. Um, we, everyone on this call can, can talk to 15 different real estate agents and say, Hey, I was thinking about, you know, buying some leads from Zillow or realtor.com or, or, or one of a million other places that'll do that. And somebody goes, Oh, that doesn't work. But then you know that it works because other people do have success. And this is where I think the power of, I mean, pardon the pun, but the power of an ISA comes in <laughs> because really what you're doing is the hardest part, which is staying on top of the customer and doing the thing that most individual agents or even teams simply just don't have the time to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a great story because I think it's very key. I think that that's very common. And, you know, and, and I wish that people had that, that goal of, Hey, you've got to reach out to these people. If you're in the real estate space and we're talking about inbound internet leads, those seven to 10 days, maybe, maybe those 12 or 13 days is a better idea. You've yeah. got to have that number in front of you because that's the average it takes, right? That's the average. Like half of people will be less than that. Half of them will be more than that, right? You kind of yes. understand what, if you understand, if you go into the role, understanding that you have a chance at being successful. If you go into it, you know, have with the wrong expectation, you get very frustrated. Leads don't work, especially internet leads. leads they, they're the worst. They never convert. You know, they're, yeah. they're like the worst thing ever. And, and I think for folks, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I think it's part of making that transition as an agent from a referral and recommendation-based business to something that you're using unmet leads, which is what internet leads. It's a subset of these unmet leads. Unmet leads is everyone on the planet that you don't know. There's a lot of people in that group, right? Yeah. So internet leads are one segment of that. People that are online, they've shown some interest in real estate, some interest. It might be really strong. It might not be very strong. They've shown some interest and they're willing to give you their information. That's it. That's period in the story. And then what do you do with that is kind of up to you, right? So if you want to treat that, and I, and I remember I might build my business as referral recommendation, how we started, right? So I could call a list. And this is what I did to, to get $10 million in sales a year. All I did 
was call a list of 300 people three to four times a year. And I yeah. generated about 30 transactions, almost like clockwork, right? I had already left Seattle. I was living in Mexico now and I would still make those calls for I probably, I think for like 12 to 18 months after I left town and closed 22 transactions. I, I went down a little, when you're not in country anymore, your, your conversion rate's gonna suffer probably. Sure. Um, 22 transactions still from calling people from Mexico and telling them, hey, it, are you thinking of selling some real estate or do something in real estate in the next six months? I'd love to help, right? I'm still in the business. So all of these things, you know, I, I say them because they matter. Uh, the, the, the referral recommendation is the best and it doesn't take a ton. It takes some effort, but it doesn't take a ton of effort to convert right. these folks to appointments. My close rate on appointments from my sphere, 100% or sure, near 100%, 99.5%, yeah. right? That was basically it. That was, that was it. So, uh, but, but when you transition to unmet leads, unmet leads, that conversion rate can drop off a cliff, but I'm here to tell folks, you know, Hey, I'm, to give you hope, the best people in the industry, the best people in the industry, if we're talking about listing appointments with unmet people, they're going to be able to convert maybe 20% of those appointments, maybe 25% of those appointments. And they're going to be some of the best people out there, right? In a, in a competitive market like this, maybe that maybe that conversion rate gets lower in a market that's as hot as this for now. But but the best people in the industry can convert those appointments at twenty to twenty five percent. That is a reasonable expectation. That is a a good bar to set because sometimes people want them to convert to appointment right away. When I would call a referral, the chances they were going to meet with me was not maybe not a hundred percent, but man, it was way pretty above close. 80%, yeah, eighty percent, seventy five percent. Right, man, they're going they're going to meet with me. They're interested. Bob told me you wanted, you're going to be selling a house soon. I'd love to chat with you about how I can help you. Great. Let's do that. Very easy transition. When you're talking to someone that has no idea who you are, they don't know I can trust you. The situation is different. And if you don't recognize that difference and adapt to it, then you're going to fail with a lot of these unmet leads. And also too, boy, you just said so many great things. And also too, the skill set that it takes to be effective with your sphere of influence is a completely different skill set than working these 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 we'll call them cold leads in the sense that they don't know you. They're they're possibly really hot leads people who want to use a realtor, but they don't know you. So we're going to call them cold only because, you know, they don't know you, but, but they could be hot, but the amount of effort it takes and the type of effort it takes is just like you were saying, radically different effort. And for a lot of realtors, they're amazing at the referral side. They take such great care of their clients, their clients refer business. Like you were saying, you had 300 customers, you were getting, you know, pretty, pretty clockwork, you know, 30 plus transactions a year. And all you had to do was stay in touch with people a handful of times a year to do that. It, it, it was not easy. You worked really hard to get there, but that's a different kind of hard than, than now switching gears, completely changing your process and your approach, and then have, you know, going from a hundred percent conversion or close to it to, you know, maybe 20 percent conversion or maybe 10 percent that is a different mindset it's a different skill set and you know we're not all good at everything you know realtors tend to be good at the people side of it which is the face-to-face -face and taking great care and and that's where you get the bulk of your business but why not add in a second because so many people are listening right now that goes i don't want to make cold calls i don't want to try to convince people that don't know me to use me i just want to work my sphere and i would probably say that's a great idea however what if you could have somebody else do the other sub part for you that is much better at it than you are and that's why i think you know power not just power 
I say, but ISAs in general are amazing. Obviously, your guy, your, your team, and I bet your team might their skill set might be you know best suited for that. And maybe they wouldn't be as good at, on the referral side because they know how to pound the phones all <laughs> yeah. day and convert. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's and like you said, I 100% agree with what you said, uh, DJ. It's a different skill set, right? Yeah, it's a different skill set that you utilize when you're when you're a referral recommendation. It's People that know, like, and trust you. Emphasis on you. It's, right. It, it is about you, right? They're like, hey, I want to talk to Gus because Gus can do did this for my friend. So I want some of that. And then Gus is great at this. So I want I want that expertise. I want Gus. I want Gus. Gus is what I need. They told me that I should talk to you, so I need to talk to you. Referral recommendation, even this day and age, is still the strongest way uh, uh, to, to refer someone and for it to be a valuable kind of a transaction. Great. That's awesome. Uh, when you're talking about unmet leads, people that don't know I can trust you already, this is, this is, this is what the fundamentally, if I ever had to like put it all together and say what the, the hardest part is, is for agents to realize that it is no longer about them. Right. They are not reaching out to you because of you, because of you. Unless your marketing is amazing, right? you know, I, I don't want to go down that route. If you're Ryan Serhant or something, maybe they're reaching out to you, but that's Possibly. about it. Possibly. If you already have an enormous <laughs> personal brand, well, then maybe. But, but for everyone else, everyone else, it's, it isn't about you. It isn't about you. And none of your advertising, your marketing, none of it should be your, it shouldn't be about you. But that's not, it's very unlikely that's going to be successful if it's all about you. And then, you know, I love talking. I have a Facebook group, right? And, and I love talking about realtor ads that I see. Oh, it's the, they're so the best, aren't they? Whether it's it? a billboard. And I was driving uh, uh, over to Austin the other day and I saw two billboards. This is hilarious, right? One bill, this is the middle of nowhere between Houston and Austin. There's a lot of open space there. And there's realtor billboards. I hadn't seen those in a while. Let's take a look. One of them said it was agent name, your agent. And a big, huge photo of the agent. That was one billboard. I was on the way, on the way to Austin, Texas. Okay, well, that's interesting. That's, well, yeah, that's big face out there. Wow, very confident realtor putting their, putting their face. Great, good for them, power to them. I, I, and I think to myself, I have no idea why I would call that person, right? I'm like, okay, right. they're out there. They must be a really well-known person in this in this town because I have I didn't see any reason to call them other than they can afford a billboard. Great. Right. <laughs> on the way on the way outside of Austin, I saw a billboard that said, you know, hey, I'll sell your, you know, it was it was I'm I'm, I'm going to butcher this offer, but it was essentially, you know, uh, I'm going to be able to sell your home within 30 days, or I'm going to buy it from you, right? Right. That, you know, within or, and, and you know, I, I forget what the, the, the time frame was because right now three days might be like way too long in this market. It was a really interesting offer. Is what I, the point I want to make, right? If I don't, I think it was a target price. If I can't sell it for this price, I'm buying it, right? Right. If I can, if I can get no, here we go. If I can get you a qualified offer in 24 hours, I'm buying it myself. Wow. It was, like some, it was aggressive. It was like I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's it. I I wanted to, to, to dial in that website. And I want to see what that's about. That was interesting for me. I was yeah. that's a that's a that's an interesting offer. That gets my attention, right? What are the details? I have no clue. But but at least that was attention grab. I get that. I remember the URL on the off the billboard for me to actually go back when I got home. I went and typed it right. Or you know, as soon as I could, I typed it in my phone. And I thought that was it was a new take on that thirty days and I'll buy it kind of offer. It was a brand new take for a really hot market like Austin. So the point about those two billboards is that one of them is focused on the person. I'm awesome. How awesome I am. Look at my face. <laughs> right. How awesome I am. Obviously work with me. And the other one was focused on the offer. Yeah. Ultimately focused on the client. What do they want? What's interesting to them? What's going to catch their attention? How are you addressing their hopes, needs, and desires, right? Their goals. That is what that's about. And so I thought one was 10 times more effective 
than the other one. I'm not even 10 times, 100 times more effective than the other one. If we were to measure how many signed clients one billboard generated versus the other, I think it would be a 10x, if not a 100x difference. Oh, couldn't here, here in Chicago a few years ago, uh, Redfin has a pretty strong um, uh, presence here in Chicago and they have their own agents. And I don't know if they do that in, in, in every uh, market, but they do here. And they have a billboard on, on one of the major uh, highways here in the city. And it basically said, and to your point, it said, we'll sell your home for, and I forget what, what their fee is, you know, one and a half percent or what, whatever it is. Um, but, but whatever it is, you know, I, I first, I thought I looked at it and I go, no, one's going to understand what that means. You know, people in the industry know what it means, but I said, eh, and then I thought about it more. Cause I kind of went, that's a dumb billboard. Cause no one's going to even understand that. And then I went, you know what though? People who don't understand what that means are going to go, is that a big, that sounds, there's something about that. And they're going to go onto Redfin's website and go, oh, they're going to look it up. Just like you were saying, they, they put an offer on the billboard. They didn't really make it about them. They just said, hey, we can sell your home for whatever percentage, obviously dramatically undercutting uh, what, what realtors typically charge. Um, and and whether whatever you feel about that, all I'm using it as an example of, that's a really smart, effective attention. billboard. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, let's, let's talk about what, uh, mis not necessarily all only mistakes agents make, but I want to talk about, um, social media. Cause I know that you, you convert so many, um, or, or get so much of, 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 you know, your team's business from Facebook. Um, so we're talking about providing value. It's, is, is how, you know, providing an offer, giving some, somebody something to think about other than, Hey, look at how cool I am. I just listed this home. I just sold this home. You know, what are, what, what do you have? Uh, what advice do you have for agents that are are looking to sort of up their social media game to be able to attract those people. Maybe the just listed and just sold posts are, are okay for your existing sphere of influence. So people can see that you're successful. They know, already know you, they like you. Hey, he's, DJ's doing pretty well. Maybe I'll reach out to him. But for, but for people who don't know me, like me or trust me, you know, what are your suggestions for how to be more effective on social media? Yeah. So it's a really good question. It kind of goes to the heart of, you know, what, what we're talking about. I think you have to put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. Uh, and kind of think if you're trying to attract buyers, buyers are the most effective and efficient kind of lead you can generate online. That's still true to this day. Probably the most effective way uh, to generate business is to generate buyer business online. If you're a buyer in this market, there's a specific set of challenges you have as a buyer. Number one is inventory. That's what they want. That's what they desire. That's what they don't have enough of. If you have a way to show that you have access to inventory, whether that's you know, uh, like a specific list that you've curated, right? Even off the MLS, give sure. them the, the, the specific list you've made. That's awesome. They just check out. Okay, check it out. The best deals in this neighborhood or in this school district or in this city. You know, you know, what, what uh, is more applicable to your area, find it and use it. Um, you know, if you have access to off-market properties, if that's allowed in your area, do that. Talk about that, what you've done to generate a list like that for your qualified and exclusive buyers, right? All, all the things you can do to address some of their inventory concerns. If they are nervous and stressed out about bidding wars and about negotiating a deal, then tell them how you're going to help address that concern. How, tell, talk about, you know, your, the last bidding war that you won. How did you win it? What was your, what was your, do you have that secret sauce that's going to help them win a property in this kind of a market? So I think in general, DJ, in general, it is put yourself in that, in those shoes and your ad on Facebook has to speak to that in the image and then that very first headline for the ad. It's rare you're going to get more of a chance than that, right? Yeah. What does your headline say? And what does that image say uh, beneath? And that's super, super key. 
Yeah, and I, I, the wheels just turned for me um, in what you just said. I wanted to run this this idea by you because I know our, our audience is probably thinking of ways they can do some similar things. Now, I'm not a producing realtor, so I'm just going to give you as a marketing guy my my idea of what, what one thing you just mentioned. So, if I were an agent and I was specializing in a particular geographic area, maybe it's a neighborhood, uh, maybe it's a development, uh, maybe it's a, a city uh, or suburb or, or just some geographic area that has a name. Um, so for example, right now I'm in Lincoln Park, Chicago, which is a, a, a very desirable neighborhood here in Chicago. And it, it, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people online searching for homes in Lincoln Park. Now, can they go to Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com and, and look up Lincoln Park homes? Of course they can. And, and you know that that is a good experience for the consumer. But what I might do on Facebook is I might create a, a group or a page. A page would be easier. A, create a page that just says Lincoln Park Homes for Sale or, or Lincoln Park Deals or something. And every single day I would be posting MLS ads for only homes in Lincoln Park. I would try to spread the word uh, and try to make it easily searchable because you know again what we're talking about is creating value for the consumer. You know, are there people that are wanting to see all the homes in Lincoln Park that are available and do they want daily updates? Well, could they call the realtor and get put up on an automated MLS search? Of course they could, but maybe they're not doing that. Maybe they're going to Facebook more often than checking their email. And, and, and I'll bet you very few people have done anything like that. And that would be a way, and you could then create an ad and link back to that page and create an ad saying, looking to buy a home in Lincoln Park, right? And then, you know, push right over to that page. Yeah, absolutely. So one, I mean, that, that's a great idea, by the way. If people are listening, you should check that <laughs> out because it has something that's really, really valuable, which is the, that hyper-local content. It addresses yeah. inventory. It, you know, it, it, it makes it attractive. It makes it interesting. That's how people actually search for homes. Yeah. That's how people actually search for homes. They're not, you know, and, and this is funny because a lot of these internet search portals, you know, some of them have the knowledge of the neighborhoods, but, you know, it's like, hey, you most know, kind don't. of. Yeah. Kind of. Most don't. Most don't. Um, you know, so so people love that, and even and the Redfins of the world, the Zillows of the world, they caught on to that, you know, a few years ago, and tried to create, um, you know, neighborhood-based or portals and information. It's not really well done, right? It's not really well done right. because they did it for the whole country within an hour, you know. So right. it's like it's it's automated. So it's as good as an automation is going to be. Um, but I think the realtors can take a huge. There's a huge opportunity doing what you just said, of not just curating listings and and driving traffic via listings generate content for that area for lincoln for lincoln park right what i mean again i know it's chicago but like the school district or the restaurants or the nightlife or if there were people moving there because you know i don't know they're working for the obama campaign i mean talk about you know whatever whoever's driving you know uh, uh, jobs and interest in that area you should be talking about that because that is how people actually look for places they want to go live. Yes. So what's what's around there? What's the is it mass transit any good? Are the schools any good? Are there any daycare places? Are there any restaurants? If it's a younger kind of a clientele, they're going to care about bars, restaurants, culture, all those kind of things. If it's parents, they're going to care about the parks and the schools and the and the nannies and the daycare and the babysitters and the all of these other things, right? So uh, carpools and commutes and so, all, all of these things. So, you know, it's it sounds really, really obvious when you talk about it, but it is, it's challenging. Most people never do that. Don't, most people don't do that. But those are the kind of hooks that you need. We call them hooks. That's yeah. the kind of hook that you need to get someone's attention, bring them into your funnel, your conversion machine, your lead converting machine, um, and put them through that kind of a marketing plan that's going to turn them into a client. 
Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what, uh, how power ISA, you know, does the conversion. Um, so obviously they're making outbound phone calls. I don't expect you to give up your secret sauce, of course, but can you just walk us through a little bit of what that process looks like once we hand the lead over to your team, you know, how they begin to work it and how long they work it. Yeah. So great, great, great question. So what we recommend, and this is the plan that we implement on our paper lead system, which is the, what we offer to, to hundreds and hundreds of clients you know, across the U.S. and Canada, is that we recommend that you do seven touches within the first seven days, at least, right? Seven touches within the first seven days. And we mix it up between calls and texts. We mix it up. Because if you just do phone calls, I mean, yeah, that is very easy to block. That's very easy to get rid of. If you just do text messages, it's also very easy to ignore. If you if you combine the both, then you're going to get the folks that prefer phone calls and you're going to get the folks that prefer those text messages. I think it's the truth is it's a combination. A crazy story is in the last 90 days, we have seen the leads that we are contacting via text are converting to appointment at a higher rate than the leads that we initially contact via the phone which is kind of okay. blows my mind because we measure this really, really closely. And we've seen the trend towards messaging, toward texting. It's true. It's happening and it gets larger every year. But we had never seen the conversion uh, number change with regard from text versus call. We'd never seen that before. Like, wow. What, what that means to me is that more consumers are preferring text message and text, at least text message first to kind of figure out who you are, what you want, what value you can offer them. And then they're willing to jump on the phone with you because that's still the number one way we convert appointments. But when you initially talk to them via text and via phone, the text message is winning for the first time since we've been doing this since 2015, which is pretty crazy. Um, but you want to combine both. I think that's the most important thing because the number one thing we do on the text is an excuse to get you on the phone because phone is the best way. A two-way conversation, I have not found a better way to convert someone. Maybe Zoom is the second, second best thing, right? A two-way conversation with someone over the phone um, is, is still the best way to, to evaluate them, qualify them, and set that appointment in person. Yeah, it just it just makes all the sense in the world. And and you're you know what you said was, hey, a lead comes in that's not part of your sphere, and now you have to recognize this person doesn't necessarily know, like, or trust you. They might have inklings of knowing, liking, and trust you, but but you know they raised their hand in some capacity, and now you have to get them to know, like, and trust you. And you know, as as Gus says, you know, really seven touches in seven days, a mixture of of text and and phone is is really best. Text first, as Gus is saying. However, that's just a tremendous amount. Of, of work to set up, it, you know, if you don't have a system, it's, it's all done manually. Um, but if it was me, I would much rather say, you know, I'm going to push that off to someone else. I'd rather pay somebody to do that who spends all day, who, who looks at the numbers, because let's be honest, how many people are keeping track of their actual conversion numbers? Pretty much nobody other than companies like us is because they live and die by those numbers. You know, agents are pulled in a million directions. They don't really have time to say, well, in the last 30 days, I made uh, 500 phone calls and I converted. You're probably not, you know, honestly, most people are not tracking that. Um, so I would hand it off. I'd pay somebody to do it. And then I'd focus on what I'm best at, which is once I get that face-to-face -face appointment or voice-to-voice -voice appointment or Zoom appointment, now I know how to close, like you were saying uh, with, with your business. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, uh, for agents, that's an important distinction to make, right? What are you going to be best at, right? What Where's your time best spent? And I think the answer is going to be different for each person. Uh, but if the answer to that is meeting with people, getting to talking to motivated buyers and sellers on the phone, meeting motivated buyers and sellers face in person, face to face, and converting them to, to sign on the dotted line. If that if the answer is that, then you should add leverage on any single step that's before that. 
So you can spend most of your time doing that and calling people that want to do that, right? Spend your time with more effective phone calls. So this is one of the funny things when people hire an ISA work with us, they think they're going to get rid of the phone. And I tell them absolutely not, right? That's not, that's an incorrect expectation when you hire an ISA. It's that your phone calls are going to be worth more. They're going to be with more motivated prospects. You're still going to have to follow up with folks. You still have to make that phone conversion, but it's not going to be with 10 people that didn't even pick up the phone today, right? You're moving yourself up in the value chain, but you don't get rid of the phone, right? I don't know if that's good or bad, but you don't get rid of it entirely, but your time becomes much more valuable. Yeah, that's very true. And and I think right now we're, we're in such a, you know, in a unique position because there are more buyers. Well, I, I don't know the exact statistics. So I'm kind of just guessing that there are more buyers today than, than there were obviously a year ago. Um, not just because the pandemic is is hopefully starting to subside, but but also interest rates we know are so incredibly low. Low. I, I know I just bought a property for that exact reason. I can now buy something before than that I couldn't afford uh previously. And there's so many people in that same boat. Um, and, and yes, inventory issues aside, there's a lot of people raising their hands going, I want to buy. And this is a great opportunity to, if you're listening or watching and saying, well, my sphere just isn't doing that right now. You know, I'm reaching out, I'm staying in touch. I'm commenting on their social media post. I'm calling them. I'm emailing them. I'm doing all of the sphere of influence stuff. And, and, and you know, my, my well, isn't really all that full right now. Well, there's a lot of other people that you don't already know. So why not add in another stream and and, and see how it works for you? Um, so that that to me would be a great, great time. Now, if you're flooded with business and you can't handle anything else, well, maybe bring on a partner and uh, or an associate and then add this uh, additional stream in. But but this is, it is not an either or thing. I've, I've always kind of felt that you know, this idea that we're only working by, by referral is, hey, that is great. And you can build a wonderful business like you and, and your wife did without adding in, you know, sort of colder leads. Um, but you, at some point, you're going to be trading hours for dollars. And at some point, you're just going to hit that ceiling. There's going to be a certain number of the stuff you can handle. And you can't really easily scale with that model, even though it's a wonderful model. So I totally understand. And I really challenge everyone listening to, you know, it's the same thing where, uh, back many, many years ago, people talked about calling for sale by owners, calling expireds. And, and some people go, oh, it just doesn't work. You know, you get hung up on time after time. Well, yeah, of course, that's part of the deal. But I know a lot of people that have success with those. And so it definitely works. Internet leads work. Fizbo's work. It's just a matter of art. Do you have the skill set to do it? And you have to be honest with yourself and say, that's just, I'm not good at that. So hire someone else to be good at that and then work on the, just focus on the appointments, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you, DJ. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, a, you know, that's a decision to know that I think everyone reaches, you know, depending on the maturity of their business, depending on their own individual skill set. but absolutely a hundred percent. If you ever want to scale the team and, and this might be, this, this is your goal to grow your business, to scale, to, to at some point, remove yourself from being the heart, soul, and the only person working in your business and you absolutely have to add leverage on those key areas. There's no other way to do it, right? So absolutely, that's part of the journey. That's part of how you build a big business, 100%, by leveraging those key aspects of your role and moving yourself up that value chain. You get more important and more important and more important. What is that you know thing that you have to do that's going to move the business forward? And it might not be making the phone call uh, to that brand new lead that came in this morning.
Well, we are huge fans of Power ISA and, and really encourage everyone to reach out to them. Have a, have a phone call with them. Obviously, that's their business, but have a phone call with them and say, here's where I'm at in my business. What can you guys do for me? Um, we use ISAs in, in, I use ISAs in recruiting. So just to, because I'm not a producing agent, I do the exact same thing Gus does, uh, or, or I have a team. I've built a team that does the exact same thing Gus does, but for recruiting purposes. So for me, I, I have, you know, there's 40,000 realtors in the Chicago area. I have feed them to my five cold callers. Uh, we don't call them ISAs because, you know, they're not really sales agents, but we, we, we have five cold callers. They pound the phones all day. They're very polite. They're very nice. And they book all my appointments because guess what? I hate making cold calls. I hate it. I don't want to do it. It freaks <laughs> me out. So I pay other people to do it. They book my appointments, but guess what? I'm really good at the appointment. So that's where I spend my time. So I do the same thing that Gus is doing. So you need to think about your business. And I look, there is literally just reach out to them, go to powerisa.com. There's a special uh, promo. If you go powerisa.com forward slash keeping it real uh, and, and you know, they'll give you a special promo, but you can have a free con conversation with them and talk about what your business goals are and say, here's what I need help with. Um, and, and, you know, see what happens. I really encourage everyone to do this. This, this could be the thing that takes, you know, your, uh, not even your, especially your closed transactions, but just your number of appointments up to the next level. So uh, I'm big fans. Please, please, please go to powerisa.com forward slash keeping it real and learn more about what they could do for your business. Um, you know, Gus, thank you so much for being on our show. I, I could talk to you for another several hours because this is right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. So I love it. Um, but I am big fans of a big fan of, of what you guys have, have built and accomplished. And uh, we obviously wish you all the success. And, and just to wrap up the show on behalf of Gus and myself, we want to thank all of our listeners and our viewers for continuing to support our show. Please support Gus, visit powerisa.com uh, forward slash keeping it real just to see if there's anything they can do for your business. Um, but also please tell a friend about this podcast. Think of one other agent yet benefit from hearing from this great conversation we just had with Gus and, and Power ISA and send them a link to our show. The easiest way to do that, uh, send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done, you can stream right from the browser or have them pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real, hit that subscribe button, and they'll get every episode we we, we do going forward. Um, thank you so much, Gus. And, and everyone, go visit powerisa.com. Um, and Gus, we're so excited to watch you continue to grow. And now you'll be up to 120 agent uh, callers uh, very shortly, right? Yeah, well, you know, hopefully if they all graduate, they'll make it. If they need the bar, they will for sure. Thanks so much, Steve. Awesome. Thanks, it. Gus.